I actually think the hyper-targeting part of programmatic is what makes it special. You know, there's there's three different ways we think about programmatic. There's location, there's demographics, and there's behavior. Okay. And location by itself is like blew my mind. I was completely blown away at what, what you could do with location. You're listening to Digital Conversations with Billy Bateman, the demand gen leader source for the latest revenue strategies presented by Chat Funnels. Today, I am joined by the great Josh Aston. How you doing, Josh? Doing really good. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate the, appreciate the invite to be on. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to have you. So Josh is the founder and CMO of Above the Fold Digital. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about programmatic today and, and break down what it is. Um, but before we get into that, like you've got a really interesting background and uh, love for everyone to hear a little bit about your background and, and how you came to you know start Above the Fold. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I like my I love my story and I'd love to share it. Um, so I got my start at a company called 1-800-CONTACTS, which I know you had uh, Lauren Joyce on a couple couple episodes ago. And uh, so it was fun to be able to relive kind of the 1-800-CONTACTS memories that she shared of what they're up to at 1-800-CONTACTS. Um, but yeah, I got my start there. I got started in the call center. And I love that part of, of my background because I was, I was in the front lines, right? Like I was yeah. answering phone calls talking to customers. It was awesome to be able to like start, I guess, in my career there and um, quickly moved up to the marketing team. It's kind of a cool story. Uh, I, I, I met my wife at 1-800-CONTACTS <laughs> and we were on a similar team and we were getting a little bit of pressure that uh, we maybe either needed to change teams or, or something just because uh, they just want to make sure they kept it appropriate. Because yeah. when I started, we weren't married. We got married. Anyway, so a job opened up in marketing. I was kind of getting um, burned out of the sales team uh, side of it. I realized I loved the experience, but it wasn't for me long-term. And so I went to the, the marketing team and said, hey, I really want a job. What can I do to get this job? And they said, go home, learn everything you can about Excel, and good luck on the interview tomorrow. <laughs> so I went and found <laughs> a book called The Excel Bible, the driest, biggest book you could find. And okay. I read it that night, like literally went through it that night and landed the job. So uh, that was my first career. I, I, I went from being a call center agent to actually being over uh, digital marketing for 1-800-CONTACTS in a matter of about a year and a half, which was really cool. Um, then moved over to, to another company for about 15 years. Uh, the company is called Progression. And the cool thing there is, you know, when I started there, it was under a million dollars in revenue. There wasn't any formal marketing. Uh, I was really the first marketing hire that they had. And when I left 15 years later, it was valued at over a billion dollars. So uh, you can imagine the kind of cool experiences that I got working with amazing people. Uh, you know, for the last couple of years there, my budget was about $50 million a year just for, wow. for just for digital marketing, which was really cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I think those are the two things that really founded who I am. And that leads probably more into, you know, what I'm doing now, which is above the fold. So right before COVID, uh, I left uh, Progression and I was interviewing some other companies, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, kind of with my career and my life. And I, I had a couple of really good jobs. I had some offers in hand and my wife said, what are you doing? Like, I love that you have these offers, but we've got a little bit of a nest egg. We've got some money and you've always wanted to go do your own thing. Why not go pursue that? And my wife is awesome for me because I'm very risk averse and she keeps me a little bit more risky than I normally would be. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, of course, COVID happened and lots of crazy stuff happened, but you know, 18 months later, things are going really well. And our agency, uh, I've got a co-founder named Jessica Chase. 
I actually worked with Jessica back at 1-800-CONTACTS and we uh, reunited as business partners. Um, and yeah, the programmatic agency is going really well. Jessica has, you know, 12, 13 years in programmatic. I've got a rich background in digital marketing and working on the advertiser side. Uh, and then we, we spent a couple hundred thousand dollars a month on programmatic of progression. So uh, it just was a really good fit and it's, it's been a lot of fun already. Awesome, man. Awesome. So you've got a lot of experience in digital marketing. How do you see um, it changing and evolving um, over the last couple of years? Oh, such a good question. This is one of my favorite questions. Um, how it's evolved. I think it's just become super competitive, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, back when I started, you know, in, in early, you know, early 2000s, like 2004, um, it was it was possible for me to kind of stay on top of everything that was going on. I actually truly felt like I was I was a pretty good expert at email marketing and, and paid search and all these different areas. And I actually managed those all really well in the beginning of progression. Like I, I did a good job. I could never do that today. Like there's so much going on in each of those areas and beyond and all the new areas that pop up every day that uh, it just becomes super competitive and it's been hard. Like you really got to, I, I feel like you really got to find a niche, a niche, a niche and focus on it. And that, let that be your, let that be the place you hang your hat on. Um, so anyway, I think that's one big thing that's changed. Um, you know, I think the other thing is you just got to be hyper efficient at what you do. And that definitely lines up nicely with programmatic, but I think um, the room for error, the margin of error is very low at this point. And with people using machine learning, AI, programmatic, um, you know, over, you know, over 70 to 80% of all, of all marketing is done, of all digital marketing is done through programmatic. And if you don't have things like that working for you, like I think you're just running up a really steep hill to try to, to try to compete. I, I agree, especially on the specialization and things have gotten so much more competitive. Like, you know, 15 years ago when I got my first job in digital marketing, like I didn't know what was going on. They sat me down. They're like, this is Google AdWords. This is how it works. I was like, OK. Um, and then they're like, this is your goal. Like, figure it out. And I'm 18 years old. And I'm like, OK, like, I'm going to try to figure this out, you know, You're right. Um, and, you know, given a little bit of time, I was like, oh, like we can get leads pretty cheaply and uh, and bring them in. But man, now it's uh, it's a whole nother animal. Like I don't even pretend to get in and know what's going on in pay-per-click anymore. So. No, it's, it's so true. Uh, when I first left, when I first left Progression, one of the things that I focused on was for about, you know, six to eight months, I actually just went really wide because I wanted to see what what that niche area was that I should focus on. Uh, so I worked with a lot of B2B partners that I didn't have a lot of experience in. And, and anyway, lots of different things. And man, that was the biggest thing I walked away was, was how deep all this different marketing has become. So the other thing I'd say too, is it's just so important to focus on, to really figure out who the right audience is, who the right target is for your specific company and yeah. to become really good with that audience, to really learn that audience in and out so that you can speak the right message and get them to actually convert. Agreed. Agreed. So you mentioned programmatic before I, before I hopped in, um, that being one of the key areas you think people need to focus on. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I know what programmatic is at like the five-year-old level. Um, <laughs> so you could, and I don't think I'm alone either. Um, well, so what is programmatic? Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. I mean, to, to just to, to clear the air on that, honestly, 
Uh, we speak with people all day long. I speak with people all day long, CMOs, enterprise levels, small to medium-sized businesses, SMB. Everyone, almost everyone has that question. And even if people are running programmatic, and sometimes it's even pretty healthy budgets in programmatic, they will be the first to admit that they really don't understand in a deep way what programmatic is. So you're definitely not, a, not alone, Billy. And uh, it's been a huge focus of mine for the last 18 months is just going very, very deep into what programmatic is and what it isn't. And if, you know, this is a, this is a fun conversation that me and my um, business partner debate all the time of like, what's the best answer to how to concisely kind of elevator pitch type explain what product pro programmatic is. And honestly, I think the thing that I like the best is it's using technology to target um, users that will help advertisers meet their end goals across display, native, CTV, audio, and video formats. But there's a little bit to unpack there. It's really hard to just say that and run, you know, run away. Yeah. Uh, there are two parts that I said. One part of it is when you're saying target users, there's super sophisticated ways that you can target those users. So it might be behavioral, demographic, or geographic. We like to kind of bundle them into those three different categories. That those three areas alone are pretty deep and programmatic and, and usually are far more advanced than what most people realize they are. The technology is very sophisticated beyond what I knew was possible before I got into running this agency, actually. The other side of that, I would say, is once you hyper-target those audiences, um, there's a lot of value. And the real kind of secret sauce is in figuring out once you've targeted the right audience with these really cool technologies and approaches, making sure that you're targeting those people appropriately with the right message across all the different formats. So across display, native, CTV, audio, video, all those different formats, that's where you really see the, the, the huge lift. If you're doing one of those things, it's great. It does well, it stands alone fine. But once you get all those things working in conjunction with one another, that's kind of where the magic happens. So uh, anyway, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so what really, you know, like we have a lot of different tools in our belt as digital marketers. What do you think is like the one thing that really makes programmatic unique? You know, like, like, you know, I, I came from a paid search background and like you get into those long tail keywords and that's yeah. where you can get like hyper targeted. But dude, those came up like once a day, if you were lucky, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're fine. Yep. So, yeah. so with programmatic, what's what's the the unique thing that just makes it? This is why you've got to have it in the belt. Yeah, it's a good question, and it might sound a little bit repetitive, but I actually think the hyper targeting part of programmatic is what makes it special. Cool. And just to dig into that, maybe a little bit deeper than than I previously kind of relayed. You know, there's there's three different ways we think about programmatic. There's location, there's demographics, and there's behavioral. Okay. And location by itself is like blew my mind. I was completely blown away at what, what you could do with location, especially yeah. with, uh, maybe we could spend some more time about this later, but like iOS 14 stuff and what's going on with cookies, people are used to losing capabilities right now when actually programmatic is not really losing those capabilities. And the abilities that, that come with programmatic to tar target people based on location is exceptional. So yeah. just an example, um, you know, you can use, you Basically, any location, whether it's a residence, a commercial, you know, like an actual business, uh, or even just a store or a place where people re recreate, all those things are, are very customizable and targetable with programmatic. So you, you literally kind of the, the, there's no end to kind of how you can use location to target the right audience. It really comes down to whether you know where your audience 
is hanging out or where they're going to be. If you know that, programmatic makes it easy to actually get to those individuals and to actually put an ad in front of them. Okay. So you mind sharing a few examples of how, how you guys are using this with clients? Yeah, for sure. Got a couple of cool examples. There's always uh, fun things that we're up to on location, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the cool ones we recently did was uh, actually maybe kind of two come to mind. One is, um, you know, it was during the winter and we were working with some outdoor outdoor retailer type type uh, brands yeah. and they were they were ski related. They wanted to target people that were skiers. Uh, and to take that one step further, it wasn't just about targeting skiers. It was about targeting people that were active skiers and that were actively going to the ski resort a couple times a week, like, like frequent skiers, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. upper end skiers for sure. Yeah. Uh, people that really enjoyed it. So what we did is there's about 530 ski resorts in the United States. That was their target area. So we set it up so that we could target all 530 ski resorts, which included the lodge, the ski runs, every, okay. every you know, the trams, the whole bit, right? Yeah. They didn't want to just target the lodge. They wanted to catch everybody out on the slopes as well. And then we overlaid, hey, we want to make sure these people there are there uh, frequently, a couple times a week. And so we, we, we pushed that all together and targeted very efficiently and very quickly all 530 ski resorts and, and pushed it to the desired uh, kind of CTA or goal that the, that the brand had, which was getting in front of those individuals. And, and it was kind of a community-based approach. So they wanted them to join this community and give them benefits. And it was kind of an influencer play. And uh, yeah, super cool, super effective. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anything else besides just like the geo, I think the location is really cool. Yeah. Um, I know I have a friend who's a personal injury attorney and and they have areas where they're like, Hey, we do a lot of ads focused on where people are uh, based on location uh, that work for them. Um, but anything besides, you know, the location that yeah. is really yeah. interesting. Maybe, maybe two points on that. So it's cool to bring a personal injury lawyer. Uh, we have a personal injury lawyer that we work with that's, that does a really good job running their business out of uh, their law firm out of California. And obviously things got a little bit challenging for them during COVID, especially in California where things were, were locked down pretty tight. Uh, so he, that's about the time we, we met with this individual. What we did there is we, we definitely targeted places that we knew his clients would most likely be. And um, the cool part about it, to spin it a little bit further, is he was paying 100 to $400 cost per click on Google. Wow. Insane. Like it's one of the highest, if not the highest spend places you can go spend on Google ads. Right. And it was fine. Like he was, (laughs) he was maybe scraping by on that, but it was a lot to pay. So we said, Hey, let's go target these people, these places that you know to target. Let's do it programmatically, which is basically all everything non-Google. It's everything not gated. Um, And let's see what that does for you. Let's see what we can do for your cost per click. And it brought it down to like five to $7 cost per click. And the, the quality of people that he was driving was equal to what he was paying for the hundred to four hundred dollars. So obviously, you can you can imagine he's he's pretty dang excited about taking his cost from hundred to four hundred dollars to to five to seven dollars. Anyway, yeah. but that just to further extend that. But the other to answer your real question about the other types of methods we use to target, um, the other two are, de- are demographics and behavioral. Maybe I'll focus on behavioral. Um, one thing we do, which is not uncommon for businesses, is site retargeting. But what makes site retargeting unique for us is, you know, obviously site retargeting is when people come to your website, you track them and you target them, usually with display ads later. Uh, we're all very familiar with getting ads. You know, after we've gone to a website, we'll get ads for, for months and for, who knows, mm-hmm. years. It feels like it never ends. Um, but the cool part about programmatic site retargeting, 
excuse me, is once you've targeted individuals that come to your site, one, you certainly can get very granular about what they view to make sure you put a relevant um, site retargeting ad in front of them. But yeah. the second part of that is all those different mediums that I mentioned before. When you're site retargeting with programmatic, you can show us a connected TV ad, a podcast audio ad, display native, you name it. Um, and that I think is not something that people really think of very often, but with programmatic, it's second nature of like, hey, if you're going to get these people to your site, you've already like, that's a huge hurdle just getting them to your website. Now let's yeah. make sure that we use the power of video and audio and all these great ways to make sure we help them progress down the funnel and convert. So let me pause you. And I just want to dig into a few things you mentioned. So yeah. one would be like podcast ads. Um, so you can do that with programmatic, like, you know, somebody comes, they visit the website, I go to listen to my favorite podcast, uh, and then I get an ad for whatever website, you know, um, even though I went to my own website and I'm running those ads. Yeah, totally. And I, I, think the, I think the game changer for both the marketer, the consumer, and the, uh, the podcast owner, right? Because yeah. obviously the more, the more relevant, this is what programmatic is all about. Back in the day, it was like, you just did your best to get as close as you could to your target demographic. Like you just did yeah. the best you could. That might've been buying an entire, all the commercials you could on HGTV or whatever. Well, times have changed and it's become, hey, don't you don't have to go waste all that money on, you know, 80% of that money may go towards people you don't even want to target. This yeah. is about once you define the audience, hyper target on those people. And for a place like podcasts, it's phenomenal because- yeah, you don't really, I don't think people expect, especially with, with TV and for radio and, and audio, right? Podcasts, I don't think people expect it to be quite so custom, you know? Yeah, so no, for sure. It's, it's, um, it's surprising in a good way because then all of a sudden you're hearing ads for what you, what you want. It's funny because now that I know, you know, how this works, I'll go and listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. And yeah. I know which podcasts actually employ more programmatic type ads. And it's crazy. This is horrible. It's crazy how many things I've actually purchased from those ads versus not getting targeted in a programmatic way. Uh, it's just so effective. It's like, man, I, that, that was an audio ad. It was super well done. And it's yeah. actually for a product that I was already looking at. Like, oh, man, it's powerful. Yeah, no, I, uh, man, I listened to an ad ad that I was like, how did they know? I was, you know, <laughs> this podcast I've listened to for years. And all of a sudden I'm getting ads that actually they're like, well, yeah, I did look at the website for that. It was interesting. Um, I had no idea that I, I thought, oh, just a coincidence. Like it kind of matches right. up with the audience, you know, yeah. Yeah. but it's actually probably some programmatic um, now that you're bringing this up. That's cool. One funny, one funny point on that. It's I think maybe I've shared this with you before we've chatted, but um, when I was looking at, at trying to build my programmatic tech stack, you have to have reporting and you have to figure out how you're going to build a target and all these, all these big questions, right? Which, Without yeah. my co-founder, Jessica, I would have been spending five years on this. Luckily, she knows the space really, really well and was able to point us in the direction really quickly. And we, we finalized a couple different partners that we wanted to work with relatively quickly. And I was at home watching TV with my wife and we hadn't pulled the trigger yet. We were just close to making a decision. And we were watching Apple TV and the Apple TV didn't update or something. And so I had to restart. And in that brief moment, it was about a minute where it was restarting, our TV flipped on, right? Just regular TV. And in that one minute, I got served an ad by one of those companies that we were investigating. And they literally said, your agency should be using our technology, which of course, wow. that's so customized. It's, sometimes you wonder if it's just by coincidence. Well, clearly yeah. my wife's like, that's insane. And she's like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that's not, there's no way that's coincidence, right? 
So that was actually a, a, a key thing that happened to me where I then decided like, hey, we got to go with that technology. But it's fun to have those experiences. It's rare to have those like blow your mind, customized, personalized experiences like that. For sure. That, that's crazy. Yeah. So let me ask you this, like what's the ideal company look like that, that should be using programmatic? Yeah, super good question. Um, we talk about this all the time because obviously, of course, we're trying to figure out who should be our best target audience. But I think there's a couple of things that have kind of risen to the top. Um, and it's not really industry based. Like a lot of times companies, I think, expect you to focus on a particular industry. Um, we've worked with so many clients in so many different industries that, that that really hasn't been a thing that's risen to the top yet. What does rise to the top as is, is making it a, a better fit is kind of where people are at in the, in the types of marketing and investment they want to make with their marketing dollars. And what I mean by that is people that do well, programmatic is a little bit different. If as a challenge, it's a challenge. You can't just open up Google Analytics and see how it's doing usually. Yeah. Usually it takes a little bit more of a robust number of KPIs and metrics that you're watching to get the full fill of what it's doing for your company. That does not a discount to the fact that there are metrics that you watch to make sure that it's ROI and that there's ROAS. That happens. That's how it has to be. But it's more complex than, um, excuse me, it's more complex than what you know a lot of people are accustomed to. So the people that do best with it are people that already are running things like billboards, TV, radio, um, direct mail, people that believe in filling up the funnel with, with good prospects. Um, it works really well for them because they already understand the value of those types of mediums. What we yeah. say with those individuals is, hey, this is just going to be way more sophisticated and advanced, but it's still building the funnel and helping you drive people down the funnel just with very hyper-targeted capabilities. And if you've got an open mind to like, hey, we're going to look at like four or five different things to measure the results, well, we'll make sure you're comfortable with those things. But you've got to be comfortable that we're going to do that. And it's not going to be so easy as just cracking open GA and, and getting a, a report every day. You know, like it's yeah. going to take a little bit more work and, it, and the rewards are worth it, but you got to be willing to do that. So I'd say just those people that are willing to, to dive into those types of areas. Okay. Okay. I, I like it. So um, what kind of, let's talk about measuring results. Where we're yeah. Here. Yeah. You know, the um, number one, how do you, how do you measure the results? Sorry about that. Yeah. The number one result that people like uh, to measure and that we love to measure too. It's our number one question is ROAS just return on ad spend. And that can mean yep. very different things to different people. Um, but honestly, just making sure they're on the same page of like, hey, if we if you spend X dollars, what do you need to get out of this? Uh, that's we love to do that because programmatic is is leveraging technology so well that if we set the settings the right way and set things up the right way, it's going to it's going to do very good at hitting that ROAS and maximizing the dollars and getting the most out of it. But if you don't know what that ROAS is, you know, like just with anything else, you're just throwing a throwing a dart into the into the darkness. So uh, ROAS is number one. The other cool things that we look at with, with vendors are, you know, foot traffic increases. Um, one cool thing I didn't mention earlier is with that geo component of programmatic, it kind of works bi-directional. So uh, not only can we target people in a really cool way, like I mentioned at ski resorts or anywhere, uh, but you can also, um, like if you're running, if you're running digital ads, you can actually put a geo uh, fence, we'll call it, around your stores or around other locations. And you know, if people came from your website to those locations. So gone are the days of like, well, I think we drove enough people to the store. You know, it's like we did a cool yeah. campaign for a very large outdoor vendor. Uh, everyone would know the brand, but it was about driving, you know, it was about driving traffic to the, the stores. And with programmatic, you can 100% know that you drove traffic to the stores. 
Cool. Um, so foot traffic is definitely one thing that we like to hang our hat on. Online sales increases. The other one that I think is pretty surprising and cool for people is brand searches. So there's a lot of times we'll talk to companies and they're like, man, we love paid search. We love SEO. But we've kind of tapped out. We don't know where else to go grow. We're kind of beholden to whatever the industry trends are or whatever the, the, the trends are going on that we don't feel like we have control of. When yeah. we do programmatic, you're targeting such a defined audience and, and the right audience that you usually always see your branded terms and your industry terms go up with the programmatic investment. So we love, it's one of my favorite things to put up a report and to set it up where it goes out to them so they can see like, as we're doing programmatic, they can see uh, Google trends or their, or their internal data rise as soon as we, as soon as we increase and, and spend money on programmatic. We just did it for a heavy equipment company. <coughs> Excuse me. They sell heavy equipment to construction companies, farming companies, and we were targeting very specific stores and very specific locations and to be able to show them how much the traffic was going up at those locations and on their website, it was like not disputable at all. And uh, it was really fun to see it year over year and, and more than that month over month and so on. Um, the other ones I'd say are maybe just like the typical ones, impressions, clicks, actions. Um, we put all that tracking in place as well. So. Okay. Okay. And then uh, how is, I mean, COVID changed things for everybody to some degree, you know, how, how did COVID change or impact programmatic? You know, we didn't have as many people going into stores last year, um, starting to happen a lot more now, but, but what changed for you guys? Yeah, great question. So I would say that COVID impacted us pretty, pretty heavy for about 45 days. And it was really from the moment that things kind of paused, you know, let's call it kind of March 15th or whatever, mid-March. Yeah. For about 45 days, it was it was budgets were paused, nobody was moving, didn't matter what you said, it didn't matter. So that yep. was that was a, an interesting time. It was the beginning of, of, of where we were really focusing on programmatic. So we simply used that time just to, to focus on our technology and our approach and our technique for 45 days, which was time well spent. You usually don't take a moment to pause and do that. So we uh, I think there was some silver lining in COVID for us, but. The other part I think I didn't mention as much about was um, uh, behavior. So the other thing we can target people with was behavior. And it's really anything like non-Google. As people are doing searches or people are doing, um, as they're reading things online, contextual-based type stuff, we get all that data as well. And we yeah. can target people with ads based on that. So the cool part is, I think a lot of people really struggled with, man, what are trends doing right now? Like, what are consumers doing in this paramount time that no one's ever experienced ever before. Like people mm -hmm. were struggling to get real-time data of what was going on within their respective areas. And the beautiful part was we could monitor what people were reading, what they were searching on, not Google, yeah. like, you know, in, in a cheaper, more efficient way. And we could use that data to then target very specific people based on what they were reading and what they were searching on. And so awesome. that's where we turned our attention when, when location kind of went away we've turned our focus to online signals that were very powerful. So. Great. Great. So before we wrap up, I got, I got a couple more questions for you. One is, you know, you'd mentioned the, the ski resort campaign, which I think is pretty cool. Um, what, what's the coolest campaign you guys have run since you've been an agency? Oh, ski resort was a good one. The heavy equipment was a good one. Um, you know, there's another good one too. Is is 
now that things are opening up again, uh, there it was closed off for so long. This is a little bit new to me just because we're fairly new to the programmatic. I'm new to the programmatic agency space. Um, but but events are starting to come back online. Okay. And it's so fun to talk to companies and say, hey, did you know, like you may not be opening. Some companies are opening up to events and some are not. Yeah. And there's some really big companies that are cautious about opening up to events because of the liability. It seems like the smaller companies are a little bit more like, hey, we're going for it. <laughs> it seems yeah. like the bigger companies are like, ah, we're going to hold it out this year. And what's fun is that we can go to those companies and say, you've got a huge budget you would normally spend on events. You're not able to run an event. Like there's, you, don't have, you don't have a choice. You're, your executive team has decided that that's not in the cards this year. What if we went and targeted your competitors or what if we went and targeted um, other relevant events, industry type events that are running so that you can actually put that money to good use and not let it go to waste. And that has been really fun. It's been fun to show people that you can even do that, but it's really fun to then select which events, you know, which competitor events, do yeah. research and figure out which ones exist. That has been awesome and very cool. effective. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. And then what do you see is the future, you know, you have programmatic in the rest of the year, anything, any big changes that are coming or new trends? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think, let me think about this for a moment because there's, we talk about this all the time as we're trying to predict where to put our dollars and where, where to invest our technology. You know, I think, um, I think some of the more interesting ones that are getting a little bit outside the box are, well, one, you know, cookies are, cookies are going away in a big way, third-party yeah. cookies, I could say. So, uh, you know, programmatic is relatively unscathed, but I think, especially when it comes to manage, like we really, we really encourage vendors uh, and help vendors with their attribution models, like their multi-touch views. Uh, a lot of people come to us and they have, either don't have something in place or they have something that's not really fully baked. For programmatic, it's so valuable, valuable to be able to have that uh, multi-touch attribution view in place. So we really, really value helping companies with that. And I think as cookies are, are changing and as, and as tracking is changing, I think that's a really important place to keep your eye on is how do you still track attribution or multi-touch, but without those yeah. third-party cookies. So that's it's. I think it's very vital, especially as cookies are going away, but it's also an area of, of in transition because of cookies going away. The other one I would say is a close second is, it's called DOOH, but it's basically digital out of home marketing. And okay. uh, it's kind of our, like our conversation with, with podcasts. I think <coughs> programmatic very much was a display oriented thing initially. And then it's expanded yep. to connected TV, now podcasts, you know, now streaming, streaming radio. Um, the next place that I'd love to see it go is more digital out of home, like billboard, wearables. Um, there's a lot of cool conversations going around on around how you would use wearables and how you'd use billboards and make them more programmatic, meaning like more hyper-targeted. Yeah. You've got companies like like Blip in our in our backyard that are doing really cool things to digitize the, the billboard space and beyond. I think the yep. next step is like, how do you actually make it a little bit more one-to-one? -one? How do you make it a little bit more targeted or how do you kind of transfer those programmatic principles to DOOH? I think that's really interesting and, and worth watching. Yeah, that, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, Blip does some does some cool things and to even make it so, you know, I see one, one thing and somebody else sees another, that would be amazing. Very um, cool, yeah. All right, man. Well. Josh, thank you so much for, for hopping on today and breaking this down. I feel like I actually kind of understand what programmatic is now, which is good. good. And um, 
if people want to get a hold of you and continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place. I'm I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. So it, I usually get my messages instantaneously and respond pretty quick. Um, the other one is is our website. It's getabovethefold.com. Uh, definitely a good place to go learn more. We're very active on our blogs and, and educating. We like the approach of, of being transparent with programmatic, which is, is somewhat unique. So uh, we, we open everything up on our blog and, and on LinkedIn. So if you want to learn more, those are great places. Okay. Thanks, man. And we'll chat later. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for past episodes, go to chatfunnels.com slash podcast.